You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Brock over there, Alex Clancy here. Follow him at Bob Brack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by our boys Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson, hosts Locked on Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. So Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move all around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the podcast with the Peacock and William podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subs- subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, iTunes isn't working still. Okay, if you listen via Spotify, the Odyssey app, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever, and you have friends that use the they use Apple Podcasts more than anything, tell them that we are still doing daily podcasts. Bo and I are busting our asses here to put out the best content we possibly can for you. I mean, he doesn't. But, I mean, I take this home with me. Um, iTunes has been down ever since April 22nd for our podcast. So, please, just Google. You can find our podcast anywhere. Go to our at Locked on AZ Cards on Twitter. It has our link tree that will show everywhere you can find Locked on Cardinals. We have a great show today, Bo. Um, Zayvon Collins was on Good, Good Morning Football. Uh, he had a show to a little ditty about how he and Michael um, – how he and the owner, Michael Bidwell, uh, met and uh, an interesting um, little wrinkle into what a normal owner flying to grab player and fly back situation uh, took place. We'll talk about that. Uh, should Aaron Rodgers be traded for Kyler Murray? We're going to put that to bed. And what does this team look like moving forward? So the draft is over. By By all accounts, this is what the team is going to look like going into the 2021 season. How high is the ceiling? Bo, first off, the odds came out for where Aaron Rodgers could potentially land for the 2021 season. Surprisingly, the Arizona Cardinals actually had odds. What were they? Yeah, they were in the top 10 as far as favorites were concerned, according to betonline.ag, to land Aaron Rodgers. They were 20 to 1. Chargers, the team just ahead of them, 16 to 1. And the two teams that you would be like, that's pretty puzzling because they have such young stud quarterbacks why would they be in the business of trading for Aaron Rodgers? This is the betting business. This isn't like, hey, where this is the most likely landing spots for Aaron Rodgers. This is where the wise guys in Vegas can maybe conjure up enough business uh, to just take people's money. If, if like 20 to 1 to win, I mean, for every dollar you spend is a dollar that you've just blown on the chance that Aaron Rodgers is, is traded to the desert. Now, why would the Arizona Cardinals – Trade for Aaron Rodgers. Let me play devil's advocate because I'm in. I'm Team Kyler Murray until I die. <laughs> is that a little? Is that a little uh, too much? But so like Zayvon Collins I, on his acceptance uh, call from Steve Kime after the draft. I'm gonna right. murder somebody. Uh, but I will say this: I just think that uh, it, it, look. Let's not let's not get into this. Let's. That's the. This is just the. Um, as far as absurd, it, it couldn't get more absurd than that. But it, look, would it be in the short term an upgrade? Look, you're getting a guy who just won the MVP, 48 touchdowns. Green Bay was number one in offense last year. Wherever, wherever Aaron Rodgers is this year, 
um, that's going to be one of the top offenses in the league. It's, it's just, I don't care if you have Cliff Kingsbury. We'll see what happens with if, what kind of play caller Matt LaFleur is without Aaron Rodgers potentially. You know, could he look like Cliff Kingsbury's looked the last couple seasons and, and not as, uh, you know, highly regarded? I think that's an extreme possibility. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I want – I know the Cardinals have never hoisted the Lombardi Trophy, but at the same token, like, you, you can't trade the future. Uh, you can't trade a controllable, talented quarterback like Kyler Murray for Aaron Rodgers. But I, I get why they're in the arena, why they're in the discussion for Aaron Rodgers. Right. I mean, because what they would get back is a team-friendly contract in Kyler Murray. Okay, done. Now, the interesting yeah. part about this, though, is the Cardinals play would the— Would Kyler Murray be involved? Like, because with the with the Packers, because they have Jordan Love. They just draft him in the first yes, round. Yes, Kyler Murray would be involved. Okay. All yeah, because right. why would you— would, that, they, would they deal Jordan Love, then, to somebody else? He'd just be a backup. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, step one is get the pariah that is Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay and get a damn owner for that organization. I don't know why Peter Buk- like Peter Bukowski goes on Twitter a lot. Locked on Packers, dude. Great follow, great writer, great podcast host. He has to continuously defend people for saying that the Cardinals, the uh, Packers, should actually have an owner and not have the city own the team. It's cute. It was cute until about 96. Now it's time maybe for somebody to come in who actually spends the money and he could have some he or she could have some control of that organization. I swear they would have won more Super Bowls at this point if they actually had an owner. This is not locked on Packers. That's just my thought, but bringing it back to the Cardinals, they play both the Packers and the Texans this year. So this is a direct correlative between what the Cardinals final win total will be because if the if the Texans don't have Deshaun Watson, which it looks like they won't, and if the Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers, which it's leaning towards the fact that they won't, that's good for the Cardinals. And the Cardinals, with the murderer's role that they have schedule-wise this year, that would be a fantastic little bonus to kick off the season. Obviously not making light of what's going on in Deshaun Watson's situation. Speaking in a purely football standpoint, if Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback of the Packers and Deshaun Watson is not the quarterback of the Texans, that's good for the Cardinals. Right? Yeah, no doubt about it. Even if Deshaun Watson is back in Houston, I mean, that – that team stinks. But would you rather face the Texans without Deshaun Watson? Absolutely. Yeah. If it's Davis Mills or Terod Taylor, sign me up. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to split this over the next two segments. This is – we've taken a breath. The draft is over. The Cardinals have their players. Okay. Zayvon Collins, Rondo Moore, the difference makers in the top two picks. Marco Wilson, and you move down the list – I'm not necessarily going to talk about the players right now that were drafted, aside from the top two, because they're expected to make impacts right away. Given the current roster, Bo, they didn't address the wide receiver position, aside from Rondell Moore in the offseason. A.J. Green, we'll see what happens, okay? Running back, James Conner, low impact. As you mentioned to me off screen, there's a lot of eggs in the Chase Edmonds basket. And then mm-hmm. cornerback is Malcolm Butler, Robert Alford, and a bunch of kids. Yeah. So looking at it, moving forward to the 17-week season that we're going to see in 2021. What is the ceiling for this team? I think this is a team that could easily win at least one playoff game as it stands right now. I really believe that. I think that they're talented enough. I think that they're a team that's going to be in contention for the NFC West despite, you know, as we just talked about the betting odds, they're still, you know, according to most outlets, fourth as far as last in the division, 
to you know they're they're the uh, they're the long shot as far as the NFC West is concerned. But I, I don't I don't truly understand that. You've got Kyler Murray as far as a your top six favorite to win the MVP. If Kyler Murray is in that discussion, then the Cardinals are going to be in the discussion to win the division and compete, just be a contender. So it is kind of it's kind of like a it is it's a weird kind of situation there. But I think that this team is, is should be in contention. That's what they've done all off season. They've they've geared up. But the one position that you really that you could look back with hindsight benefiting you is is the corner position. Like you can say, okay, they didn't do enough. They didn't do enough because. But what I believe the the franchise or the organization thinks is Malcolm Butler just slides in for Patrick Peterson. You get the status quo as far as production is concerned from the secondary, and then they're going to rely on, upon this this front seven to just be ferocious. That's how they really just kind of put this team together. They added J.J. Watt. They're getting Chandler Jones back. They've added Zayvon Collins. They kept Marcus uh, Golden in the fold. They kept Dennis Gardeck. You know, they expect a big jump from Isaiah Simmons. And then the the back end, they think Malcolm Butler, Buda Baker, and some of the pieces that they've had in place are going to be good enough. And maybe they maybe one of the two rookies pop. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like tight end. We're not going to sit here and say, oh, they didn't address the tight end position. That's why they fell short. It's going to be the cornerback room is going to be key how this team performs because you've mentioned it. The wide receiver quarterback duo is that the, and beyond, like that's it, it's a murderer's row this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. And the one thing that was consistent last year because the offensive line was, uh, you know, was ranked very high early on, first half of the season when Kyler Murray was running the ball a lot. So it made the offensive line's job a little bit easier. It kind of regressed back to the mean towards the second half of the season. The one constant last year was the pass rush. That was the constant. Even though it took a couple weeks, even though it took for Chandler Jones to get hurt for it to really pop, which is weird. And I mean, it's, you know, probably an exception to the rule. That was the constant. So the doubling down, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's saying it lightly. Now, if Zabin Collins, who my most favorite PFF stat that I've seen over the last couple of days is he didn't commit a penalty in college over his last wow. three years. And that's something the Cardinals. I mean, having stability in that regard, I know the linebacker position, you're not at the line of scrimmage the most of the time, so you're not getting offsides penalties. Uh, Isaiah Simmons took three players' heads off last year, so those were his three big penalties, one including Cam Newton, which wasn't a penalty. Him not having a penalty in college over the last three years is is a good thing. Um, the, the, the Simmons, most of his uh, infractions, they were mostly, you know, 15ers. Yeah, 15ers. They weren't uh, they weren't pi right. No, I, I think taking somebody's was, head off was yeah. Cam Newton, and there was another. I can't remember who it was. Buda Baker had one too that had him hobbled. I think it was in the Dallas game. I can't remember. He had a, he had a big one last year. Also, let's. I'm going to put a button in on this. We have to take a break. I'll give my thoughts about where the ceiling is, and then I'm going to ask Bo what the floor is, and that's kind of the the jarring counterpoint to this. Like uh, the roster looks great, it looks good, but. It could fall apart if these players that are over the age of 30 don't show us at least 70 or 80% of what they've shown us in the past. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll be right back. But first, it's time to talk about our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action in BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go. Uh, The NFL draft's over. 
But there's still NBA's heating up, NHL, MLB, as I mentioned. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their uh, for their runs of the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This episode is also brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a unique, beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Second segment, Locked on Cardinals. Follow the podcast at Locked on AC Cards. Again, iTunes is down. iTunes is, at least for us, for Bo and myself. So find it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Just Google Locked on Arizona Cardinals, and there's plenty of ways to find it. Because um, we want you to listen, and I think we put out good product the majority of the time. Bo said uh, the, the ceiling for the Arizona Cardinals 2021 roster would be a playoff win. And I don't think that's too far-fetched. Um, I would say if they go over 500, that's a win, and which would probably get them into the playoff situation with seven games, with, with seven teams in the playoffs. Nine and eight would be a win. Um, what's the floor? This is, this is the scary conversation that can kind of uh, temper people's expectations. J.J. Watt over the age of 30, A.J. Green 32, Malcolm Butler – coming off a great season, but still 31, and Chandler Jones coming off the biceps tear. Yeah. They play very important positions for this team. Yeah. I As, as far as how this thing's constructed, when you look at it, you, you look at some key positions. If they lose Kyler Murray and it's Colt McCoy playing quarterback, you know, this is going to look like a six-win team. You know, and that's – but that's that's you know the case with most of the franchises in the NFL. You lose your QB one, and and that's just a devastating blow that many can't you know they they can't compete with. But as far as the rest of the roster, when you look at maybe where some holes are, if the offensive line is pretty depleted, uh, three injuries, if DJ Humphreys goes back, reverts back to where he was before his fifth year option season, and he can't stay on the field, even though he's been great the last two seasons, you know, the left tackle that that's a key position, but. I think that this offense is good enough to where they can get into shootouts and maybe win a win one of those game a couple of those games. I think your floor right now, as the roster stands, if if things you know if if most players are healthy and they just don't perform, you know, without it being an even number schedule of games, it's it's now seventeen. I think eight and nine. That's the floor. So you don't think yeah. it'll go any lower than that? Not if not right right is, barring this, injuries, obviously. This, yeah, for sure. 
I think there's enough talent on this roster on both sides of the football that, you know, it, it would the, the frustrations would lie with inconsistency on the offensive side of the football and the defense not being, you know, taking a step back from where it was in 2020. Yeah, I mean, it seems – I'm looking at the schedule now. Obviously, a week from tomorrow, we'll get the actual schedule for uh, the NFL, which is going to be fantastic. That's going to be a hell of a podcast to do on Thursday. It's pretty even with the teams they play on the road and at home this year. I mean, they have Green Bay and Indy, Carolina, Minnesota at home, and obviously Seattle, San Francisco, and the and the the Rams. They play Dallas in Dallas at Soldier Field, at Tennessee, and at Cleveland as that extra seventeenth uh, game. Now, where it happens if they're going to be playing in Cleveland in December is a lot different than playing in Cleveland in September. If they play Dallas on Thanksgiving, sweet mother, give it to them. Uh, this is gonna. I'm gonna start pounding the table. What we're starting tomorrow. I will mention that at least five times a show. I want Kyler Murray in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Why the hell not? What's a better storyline? They want a cupcake. Dallas always wants a cupcake on Thanksgiving, and they can't win at home on Thanksgiving. It's time. Isn't it, Kyler Murray's never lost in the state of Dallas or Texas, right? I don't think he's ever lost in the state of Texas in his life. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it is pretty yeah. wild. But. Yeah, yeah. The the two ones to look out for when the schedule is released and when they're played. Like you mentioned Indy and you mentioned a couple of the other cold weather places like Minneapolis. Those are domes. But like those two games, Cleveland and Green Bay, it's going to be pretty well, Green Bay, they're playing at home. Green Bay, they're playing at home. Okay. It's in State Farm, so it's fine. Sorry, yeah. I don't have the schedule up. Yeah. Or the opponents. The, the okay, cold so weather, the only cold – no, it's Soldier Field. Here. So it's Soldier Field and Cleveland are the two cold weather places that they're going to be playing. Okay. I mean, Tennessee could have flurries. I'm sure Nashville, Nashville's all over the place with weather. But, I mean, it's at least balanced. But I think the floor is like six wins, man. Like, if if this doesn't work, it, regardless of injury, and I think it will, but if it doesn't work, if A.J. Green truly has fully lost his step, which I don't think is the case, if J.J. Watt has lost 50% of his step and he's, you know, I, I don't know, taking plays off whatever, I – and if – Zayvon Collins doesn't work out. If Isaiah Simmons doesn't take a step forward, it could just be a bunch of names on a roster. And that's been the fear from everybody on the offseason that's grading offseasons. Like, these guys are washed up. If they are, I don't see this team winning eight games. I mean, if if they had an – if the head coach acumen was a little bit higher, maybe to to mask some of the, some of the shortcomings, I would say maybe that would be worth another win or two, but – with things as they are, man, like six, I could definitely see them going six and eleven next year if things don't go to plan. You would hope it would either be six and eleven or eleven and six, because anywhere in between, like if they're if they're what seven and ten, if they're if they're eight nine, if they're just average, and we still don't know a lot about like that's that's nightmare right yeah. there. Like you you don't want them to go eight nine and then. Kingsbury comes back like you want to know like hey he can he can handle this he can be an NFL caliber head coach which I know there's a lot of doubters out there or he's just overmatched and it's like okay it's time to move on please get you know Brian Dable on line one let's get him in here Brian Dable the offensive coordinator for the Bills yeah I mean it's a it's an existential question we've asked ourselves a couple times do you waste another – like, if this was year two of Kyler, it'd be a completely different conversation. Like, you, like the, the, the fans of 
the fans of getting Cliff Kingsbury out of here would have a lot more ground to stand on if it was week two, if it was year two of Kyler. Because then you still have two more years with the fifth year option. You have all of that time. Like you can't afford to waste a year, another year of Kyler. I just don't think I'm not as scared of wasting a year of Kyler because I think Kyler's here for the long haul. Like you'd have to do something to really seriously piss him off for him to not want to take one of the most lucrative contracts in NFL history, which he's probably going to get if he continues his progression. So I just don't think like I feel like you have the building block in place on the offense with Kyler Murray. We'll see what happens with Moore. I don't I don't know what's going to happen with Rondell Moore. Is he going to be a guy that's going to be able to play at the NFL level? We'll see. Undersized, but he's got the athleticism. Uh, but on defense, you've got some young pieces that can move forwards. And, and then there's a, a ton of guys. Like if J.J. Watt doesn't work out, he's only, he only signed a two-year deal. There's not a lot of money attached to a lot of the guys that they brought in. It's just going to – the problem is they have this win-now window with the group that they have in place. Kyler's going to be here for the future, but so they just have to like retool and it would just be a lot more turnover and you don't get that continuity. Um, our guy, Caleb wants us to talk about the new tight end, <laughs> the guy coming over from Austria. Uh, do you want to hit it on the back? You know end what? Let's this? do that. We're going to have a little fun on the next segment. Uh, we're going to talk Austria. We're going to talk uh, Michael Bidwell's <laughs> flying abilities and yeah. Zayvon Collins as already placing himself in the ring of honor of interviews for Arizona Cardinals players. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. We will be right back. But first, I get to talk about our friends at rockauto.com. I've talked about rockauto.com for a long time now. It's a website. You don't have to go to a chain storefront and search around like a crazy person for parts and paint and carpet, whatever. Have to ask people if you don't know where things are. Get awkward and like, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? You don't have to do that. Go to rockauto.com. Their prices are reliably low. The prices are the same for manufacturers and do-it-yourselfers. You don't get an upcharge just because you're not a manufacturer, which is a huge bonus. You can get taillights and carpet and paint and whatever you need for your car at rockauto.com. Family-owned business, been online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, final segment. We've talked enough serious stuff. Bo, what is, why don't you set the stage for the Austrian football player that will be coming over to the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, the Arizona Cardinals sign Bernard Sykovitz, another tight end. Um, that wasn't obviously he was from the international ranks. He comes over to the Arizona Cardinals and spill my coffee. That's fantastic. Pretty happy about that. But I watched as soon as I saw the signing for the 23 year old coming over from the international pool. Uh, I I saw him in a, in a 2019 uh, like combine, and he was just catching passes. He was going through all the drills that we see in Indianapolis, and he looked bad. He looked clunky. He didn't look smooth in anything he did, his route running. Like, and I'm not like you know this about you and I, we're not like talent evaluators. We're not, we don't look at this from a scout perspective. We're not Matt Williamson. We're just guys, just like most most of our listeners. Uh, he looked like I could like I was like, this is not no, this guy's not gonna compete for a roster spot at all. Like, I don't know. He was a quarterback, and then they're like, Hey, well, you're not gonna be able to compete at the quarterback position to try to play in the NFL. You need to play wide receiver, play wide receiver said, okay, they're kind of interested. 
you need to play tight end because this is your size. This is what your athleticism shows. He's like, okay. So he balked up. And then I saw this video. He's just, I don't know. The Arizona Cardinals continue to not invest in the tight end position. They just don't like they since moving to the desert, like historically, it's just been probably like as far as tight ends go in the NFL, there's no team that has had this lack of success like the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, no, that's true. Todd Heap. Todd Heap came over at the end of his yeah, career, from right? Baltimore. Yeah. You had uh they invested Troy Nicholas, a second round pick at a t- at a Notre Dame. Jermaine I remember that. Gresham. Jermaine they paid him a lot of money to yeah. uh I don't know. Get a lot of uh pass interference calls, um offensive pass interference calls. Uh, he was the king. I think he had three in one year of OPI. <laughs> I mean, after getting paid. That that was, was the worst contract. Luck. Here's the thing about this season, like, and, and people realize that tight end is is a need that they have for this year. But as I say, it's just a t- it's a position that they've never relied upon to make big plays in this offense. And I and I they're behind the curve on this. They are, but it's not going to be a necessity for them to be good going forward. Like they were fine, they were good, they were okay. But when you look at the good teams, I mean, if you look at the last couple of Super Bowls, of course, you've had Travis Kelsey in the last two. You've had you had George Kittle in the previous one before that. Gronk was has been in several Super Bowls in the last decade. Uh, Zach Ertz has been involved, who I think could be somebody the Arizona Cardinals could target via trade. But the last, you know, in the last decade, tight end has been a key position for really good teams. And the Arizona Cardinals continue to kind of turn a blind eye to it. They have Max Williams on the roster. He's your blocking, you know, uh, you know, Mack truck, rush lane opening tight end. Now they need to just find a guy that can block a little bit, but his primary role is going to be to get out there and, and make some plays in the past game like Dan Arnold. Yeah. Adrell Daniels obviously still on the roster as well. You know, there are guys out there. Trey Burton is a hot name that gets talked about. You know, he he had flashes in Indy last year. We know that Phillip Rivers loves his tight ends. He flashed uh I think he was with Philly first, right? He was the Dallas yeah. Goddard before Gal- Dallas Goddard well, he had was with, uh, then he went to Chicago, right? Right, right, right. But yeah, but he he made his name in, in Philly first, went to Chicago when they had 14 tight ends, and then went to Indy last year. He'd be a nice guy, wouldn't be too expensive. I think he got a nice contract earlier in his career. But yeah, I mean it's it's an afterthought. It's been an Listen afterthought from the tight end position. Listen to this. Trey Burton, 2018. This was after Philly won the Super Bowl. He was part of this Philly special. I think he was the one that threw the pass. He goes to Chicago, and Trey Burton has a, a career season of 54 catches for 569 yards and six touchdowns. All those numbers would be the best season in Arizona Cardinals tight end history. There you go. There you go. That would be the bet. That would be the goat of tight end seasons for the Arizona Cardinals since moving to the desert. And I, I hope you're like me, where I, I don't really, I don't count St. Louis. I don't count Chicago. I don't. It's, it's easy. Correct. Same. That's how po- five sixty nine, and six touchdowns. Both would be single season records for the Arizona Cardinals tight end since moving to AZ. Yeah, and that's, that's terrible. Okay, so, Zay. <laughs> Zayvon Collins, um, the initial call that now is, is all the rage with Steve Kime calling Zayvon Collins as it was caught on tape saying that he was going to draft him before he drafted him. We saw it with a bunch of different players. It was, it was all over all over social media in and, in and throughout the draft. 
Zayvon Collins went on Good Morning Football this morning, and Kay Adams was interviewing him. Oh, that's a great show, by the way. Peter Schrager, the one who loves the Arizona Cardinals of the national media more than pretty much any other pundit uh, as part of the show as well. They were interviewing Zayvon Collins, and Kay Adams asked him what the process was like with Michael Bidwell going to pick him up in his private plane. and She called it the PJ, which threw me off. Yeah, private jet. That's a thing, apparently. And then, yeah, I guess so. That's the thing. We're not cool enough to say that. Um, and Michael Bidwell like, flies the- his own damn planes. Yeah. So this was Zayvon Collins' account. This is about a minute long. This is funny. Like, Zayvon Collins is going to endear himself immediately to people if the Cardinals let him. Um, this is what he had to say in response to that question of the experience of Michael Bidwell flying him home in his private jet. Yeah, Mr. Bidwell came and picked me up. He was, you know, laid back, and uh, he was just like, get on, and we'll we'll talk about whatever, and you can come up and kind of sit in behind the, the cockpit in this little area where, uh, you know, seatbelt in and buckle in. So it was nice, and, and got to talk, let him talk to me about all the different instruments, uh, talk about all the all the different stuff with the plane. You know, he's an intelligent man and, and knows so much about everything. And, yeah, that was probably one of the smoothest landings I've ever had because he flew us right in, and it was like we were already on the ground. You know, I didn't even feel the wheel. It was crazy. I was like, man, this is just absolutely awesome. So, I mean, the snacks, everyone, everything was was absolutely top tier and, and couldn't get any better. So it was awesome. I appreciate, you know, him and the organization doing that for me. Uh, they took me by Harmony and let me see my old field and, you know, banked the plane for me to see. I got clearance to do that, and it was, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's just a dude. Set of wings? Like – have you ever seen seen an airplane cockpit before here i'm gonna give you these i haven't he's (laughs) come on man were you not like four or five and what american airlines with all the buttons and everything i don't think i listen dude i don't think i've ever seen the inside of a cockpit like i've never like i've seen it walking by i'm like that's a lot of buttons i don't want to have anything to do with that it's a lot of levers i just flew and anytime i get i try not to look into the cockpit because i I just don't want to know what my, my pilot looks like. If it doesn't look like a dead ringer for Sully Sullenberger, I'm I'm a little more anxious. If it's just some like young dude that looks like me, I'm really like that there's no way that guy's gonna be able to maneuver whatever he needs to maneuver if things go awry. Where are your life skills, son? Yeah. If, you <laughs> got I want him battle tested. I want him to have a couple of wars under his belt that he's flown. Would you in. be safe but, under Michael Bidwell? Would you feel would safe? I? Would you feel safe with him flying? No. 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 You wouldn't. The guy with a silver spoon in his mouth that he <laughs> grew up, like, no chance. He just took a couple flight lessons in Arizona. Absolutely not. I need him, like I said, I need him battle tested. <sighs> I just watched, I actually watched Sully last night. That's so I was a huge mistake. <laughs> I know. Just a huge mistake. I'd, I'd feel more comfortable if it was actually just Tom Hanks than Michael Bidwell. In okay. the, in on the that cockpit. note, Wilson, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Oh, so coming up the rest of the week, Ben Stevens from Locked on Big Ten is going to join us tomorrow to give us a deep dive into Rondell Moore in the last segment. And we're going to jump to uh, Locked on Gators for Thursday for a little deep dive for Bo Brock, his favorite draft pick maybe ever by the Arizona Cardinals. In, um, I don't He's just mysterious to me. Oh, he's just got—he's got all the tools. But I, I want to find out from uh, from our guy from Locked On Gators, like why Marco Wilson was a fourth rounder and why he threw the shoe. Alex Clancy, Bob yeah, Rock, Locked On Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.